Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is tampering season. We here at the SB Nation NFL Show have been looking forward to this week all offseason long. We are Monday Football Monday. We are ready to tamper and we are ready to do it right now. We remind you as always to please subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show. Leave a rating, write a review so you can hear the audio stylings of one Pete Sweeney. Myself, RJ Ochoa, the MFM crew is here to get busy. Let's get ready to tamper. Pete Sweeney, how are you? I'd be careful there. I mean, I think there are some copyright issues with with that particular gentleman in in particular. But I no, I'm great. I I think the tampering period is one of the funniest times of the NFL offseason because technically speaking, still no deals are really supposed to be made. But here they come. We are already getting a deal somewhat official uh, to an extent. You have agents coming out and saying there's agreements. That's the newsbreakers and Garofolo and Schefter and Rappaport and Pelissero and I know that you need to have some kind of window here, but I I'd sometimes wonder if we should just open it up and and then everything just become officially official. For the sake of full context here, Pete and I graciously, because we love you, the listener, which mm-hmm. is why, again, you should subscribe to, rate, and review the SB Nation NFL show. We delayed the recording of Monday Football Monday a couple of hours so that we could land on the outside of the tampering window opening. We are recording this. We are starting to record. It is 12.17 p.m. Central Standard Time at the moment that Pete and I are beginning this episode. So keep that in mind when you are listening to this later. We are going to get into the things that have been reported. It is extremely likely that we will hear some things reported while we begin to record. We also have a very fun interview that we will put for you later on in the middle of this episode. Gina Kelly, of course, from SB Nation, spoke with Christian McCaffrey. We have some Panthers moves to get to uh, that I think he'll probably, maybe, potentially be happy about. Uh, But either way, you know, good stuff coming with CMC. Pete, where do you want to start? Uh, Do you want to go chronologically? Do you want to go with your favorite? Pete is wearing a hat uh, depicting his alma mater, the Syracuse Orange. It is March. Uh, Do you want to start with somebody who wears a shade of orange, who maybe has eaten an orange at one point in time? Like, where do you want to go here? As you know, I am here to please. And so I'm happy to go in whatever direction you want. Orange, doesn't matter if they're not orange, could go AFC, NFC. We can even start. I know I covered the Kansas City Chiefs. We could start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you want to go in that route. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Um, Do they qualify as orange? I feel like they're kind of orange. Uh, Or is it more like, is it red or orange if you had to lean one way? Probably red, but it depends on which mm. jersey they're wearing. If you you go with the pewter and and what is that like that orange ish burnt orange type of deal, then maybe yeah, like dirt leaning. red, dirt red. Yeah. yeah, 
obviously they do have the creamsicles, but uh, somebody who will stay in their uniforms, perhaps the creamsicles that they do bring a throwback back. I think the last time they wore them was 2012, if I'm right. But uh, Shaq Barrett is returning to the Buccaneers, Pedro Sweeney. It is a four-year, $72 million deal. The Buccaneers did not place the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett, that honor belonging, of course, to Chris Godwin, but he is not going anywhere. Mr. Sackman himself, the man you believe should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl, is staying in the Tampa Bay space. Your thoughts? Yeah, they needed to bring him back. I thought it was a huge risk by not franchise tagging him. They ended up giving that to Chris Godwin, and they had really an abundance of riches that were due to become unrestricted free agents. So this, to me, became their ultimate priority. Uh, he he did have a ton of sacks, again, for Tampa. And like I, I said, and, and like you alluded to, in the Super Bowl, to me, he was Tampa Bay's most important player. And so when you shine on that stage and you know that uh, everybody is watching, you, of course, are going to be due to uh, get paid. And that he did. And I, I think it was smart for uh, Tampa Bay to, to get that done. I, this was a no brainer to me. And, you know, we went and said in Kansas City how the whole effort last offseason was to truly like run it back. Tampa Bay in these moves that they're making, being creative with the cap and making sure that they bring back their key players, they're trying to repeat here, it seems, just as as much as the Chiefs did and almost in a similar fashion in having a lot of these returners. I don't mean this as a slight to the Chiefs by any means, Pete, and I mean that in all seriousness, but Tampa really does have it all um, in the avenue of trying to do this, whatever you want to call that, running it back, just being right. competitive, et cetera. Uh, they're the reigning world champions. They play and live in an awesome locale. Uh, it's a, if you put stock into this, uh, tax-free state in the state of mm-hmm. Florida. Um, they have Tom Brady. They have all the personalities. They have a really personable head coach. They're going to be on primetime a lot now like they are just I mean I this is such a, a low-hanging fruit comparison they really are like the heatles the Miami Heat when LeBron and Chris Bosh joined Dwayne Wade a little bit do you agree yeah it, it seems that way and I I think they are going to grow in this season to be the it team to beat and they should they won the championship and they have a lot of these returners by the way I just checked the Barrett numbers here 12 total sacks eight in the regular season four in the playoffs he had a registered sack in the Super Bowl with four quarterback hits. And if you remember the Super Bowl, Mahomes was getting chased all night. So you're right now. They have Godwin back. They have Barrett. Brady, it seems like he's in for the long haul. The news last week was he was making $19 million in room, and that led to conversations all across the league. So this is certainly the team to beat in what will be 2021. I know from a Kansas City standpoint, the Chiefs will be wanting to play this team again, and they won't get to do that unless they return to the Super Bowl and have uh, what would be a repeat matchup. So uh, this will be the goal for everybody, including the runner-up. You mentioned, and uh, I don't want to go back to that morning. I know it wasn't a fun day for you, but the morning of the Super Bowl, um, the Sammy Watkins effect was was kind of the way you termed it that day. How had the Chiefs won that game, Sammy Watkins would have potentially been more likely to return to Kansas City. We'll see where he ends for up. A discount. Time of this yeah, for a discount. Right, right, right. Um, just for the purposes of, of you know being part of a team that could pull off the three peat, right? That's never happened before in NFL right. history. Do you do you think that Tampa winning that game is is a big reason why Shaq Baird and Chris Godwin to a defect and, and all these other people are are far more willing to resign to run it back? Because I, I I think if not for the boat parades and all the pomp and circumstance, you know, it people have short term memories in the NFL and I think they'd want to move on. It helps. 
when you're winning and you win the Super Bowl, it suddenly becomes and feels attainable. You saw Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones last year when they had to restructure. They took certain things in their contract to give the Chiefs what would be wiggle room to surround this team and to fill positions of need. And they were all in this together. And you're seeing that in Tampa. It's all feel good right now. It should be. Everyone is so high on Bruce Arians, who's been a little bit polarizing in his career when it comes to a head coach. But now everyone has this belief that Arians and Brady, that dynamic duo, can get it done again. I think if it was a script where the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady probably plays poorly, but he played really well. And I think that led the Buccaneers that could have been free agents to say, he's still got plenty left. I understand he's 42, 43 years old. But it seems like at least in this short term window and looks like Shaq Barrett signed for the four years, Look, we can do this again, maybe multiple times. And so life is good. And so you have players that are willing to bend a little bit to accomplish the greater good. You saw it in Kansas City. They came up just short. Now let's see if the Buccaneers can get this thing done, right? Shaq Barrett posted on Instagram, if it's meant to be, it will be. It's something special about this whole organization and I'm so excited to be a part of it for four more years. Hashtag fire the cannons. Hashtag TGB. TG. Um, only thing I will say about this, P, is the Glazer family owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as a Manchester United supporter, which you are kind of, um, hey, right. uh, apply this same level of aggression to, you know, your football team. That's all I'm saying. You know, your actual football team, not the, the Buccaneers. You're but, talking European uh, style football. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Marcus Golden is returning to the Arizona Cardinals on a two year deal. It was a big pass rushing day. And Pete, the Detroit Lions re-signed Romeo Aquara to a three year, thirty nine million dollar deal. I believe you do have the sack numbers ahead of you. Romeo is somebody that a lot of the, you know, kind of, um, you know, grinder sort of NFL analysts were fans of and, and thinking that he might end up with a big payday. Three years, $39 million, obviously $13 million a year. Nothing to scoff at. I feel like the market was there for pass rushers. I don't know why you would want to return to Detroit, but Dan Campbell clearly having an impact on would-be free agents and other things happening with that team. That to me, at least so far, is the biggest surprise. And I know we're going to get to the big Patriots tight end deal, but Aquar had 10 Ooh, sacks. Spoiler alert. Aguara <laughs> dead sacks last year. And this is the Detroit Lions who were in rebuild mode. And their quarterback is Jared Goff. And how many times have we said on this show, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. No offense to Jared Goff. But to me, he still has a lot to prove, even though he was able to go to a Super Bowl. And so you have a buy-in here, which... I think from the outside looking in is surprising, but I guess sometimes it, it's more than that. And, and this is a, a nice reminder, I think, that these NFL players are people. It's a lot easier to stay in what's comfortable and what's become familiar to you sometimes than trying to make a lot of money uh, somewhere else and, and start anew. And, and good for the Lions because this is a, a good step in the right direction when it comes to rebuilding this thing in Detroit. And I mean, I mean, we've been saying rebuild this thing in Detroit for like the last two decades, but let's see if they can finally get that done. Do you really think that that is a buy-in or do you think that's just they offered him the most? I mean, I know it's hard to tell, but I, I mean, think it, probably, I think it's easy to frame it as a buy-in. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both, right? I, I just feel like him on the open market with everybody bidding to me, could have gotten him more money. We don't know necessarily if that is completely true, but if you you know you take just by this the sheer standpoint of numbers, you have thirty two teams and you have one team. I, I got to think there's somebody out there who who would have paid him more. And so I I don't know if there was a discount here because uh, he wanted to stay with them, but I, I I just tend to think okay, 
it's just a lot easier to stay with what you're familiar with than to go and, and really, uh, I think, restart your career in a new place. Some people really like it. Hello, JJ Watt. And others just want to stick to uh, what they're used to. And we see that with Aqua. I, uh, I just want to say now, um, and I haven't seen it yet, and that news is maybe like an hour old at the time that you and I are, are recording here, but so it's a three-year deal worth $39 million. Again, some simple math tells you that's $13 million a year. So he got three $13 million a year, you know, years, right? Yeah. So if if the Lions and their social team don't advertise this or promote this as the 313, what are we doing here? I mean, you know, like, what what are we doing here if, if you leave that? How many times does three one three legitimately happen with regards to Detroit sports that you could plug it? Like I don't. There's no members of the Pistons averaging thirty one point three you know points a game right now that you could do. Like if you don't lean into this, I'm gonna be pissed off. Yeah, maybe you should send a DM. There's got to be someone on the Detroit Lions social team that has their DMs open, and you can just say, I, I, I'm giving this to you for free because I just believe in this concept, and I'm sure that they would welcome that with open arms, RJ. Do you have your DMs open, Pete? I used to, and then I, oh. shut, I shut them down. I was just getting too many messages of, of, you know, I just didn't need as many messages as I was getting. So I shut them. My down. DMs are open. I just, you know, I'm I'm a little bit more braver than Pete, I suppose. But I have my you know. email address out there. So if there's any listeners that want to email me and, and yeah, because your email is super obvious. Pete.sweeney at espionation.com. Welcome Very to simple. corporate America. Yeah. So yeah. I, if someone really truly wants to get to me, they're they can figure <laughs> out how. So that that's I don't need my DMs just open for anybody to walk in, walk in the door. You wouldn't leave your door open, right? If you were just having a nice, relaxing afternoon, I, you get to lock the door. And so that that's kind of what I lean to now. Well, you mentioned somebody getting to you. And um, this past year, again, I'm a huge fan of Arrowhead Pride. Um, obviously, a huge pride of all of our SB Nation properties. And you guys, you know, did a great job at kind of dismissing the, oh, the Patriots. Pfft. Yeah, right. This is the Chiefs conference now. <laughs> Bill Belichick. This is this is the first move you alluded to it a second ago. Yeah, uh, this is the first holy crap, like he was just hibernating. He's awake now. Move the right. New England Patriots. To your point, I think this is the biggest move so far of free agency. Um, I think outside of a trade involving Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, this might have the biggest impact on the season. Jonu Smith is headed to New England on a four-year. $50 million deal. That is the third highest average per year among tight ends. George Kittle makes $15 million per year. Your boy, Travis Kelsey, right behind him at 14.3. So they are saying, effectively, you have come on here before and made the case for your boy out in Vegas as him being, you know, kind of the third best tight end of the NFL. Yep. You know, big old Bill Belichick is saying, nah, 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 John who is the man. And this, this does feel like something terrifying. Like, like we've all just been getting our jokes off and having mm -hmm. fun. This does feel like they're back to a certain degree. Well, it doesn't to me. With the uncertainty oh. to to Julian Edelman, right? I I think the last we had heard about Edelman, he he's unsure if he's even going to be ready with those injury issues to be ready for 2021. So what I will say is with this signing, Janu Smith becomes the best pass catcher on the Patriots because there's no pass catchers on the Patriots. And I'll repeat some of the uh, things I stated about Smith in our last show, just because it, it's fresh news. And I, I want to repeat this. He averaged 6.8 yards after the catch. Travis Kelsey's top seasons have been around 5.5 or 5.6. George Kettle in 2018 was 9.9, 9, uh, 6.2 in 2020 with some of the injuries. So Smith actually had more yards after the catch uh, than Kittle and has been somewhere in that, that area. I said 
That's it felt like someone was going to overpay uh, for Smith and end up with a poor man's what would be, as you described, that top tier, which I consider to be Kittle, Kelsey and Waller. He had a nice start in 2020, but tapered off again in an offense with A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Derek Henry and another tight end, young tight end, Anthony Ferksker. And he's not a great um, pass blocker, a terrible PFF grade when it when it came to that. I'm surprised the Patriots make this move. I Now, I will say, and I'm happy to admit here, Bill Belichick knows more about football than I will ever in a million years be able to learn. And obviously, he likes something in this kid in Smith. But here's here's the frank part of this thing. Until you have a quarterback to throw to Jonu Smith, it just does not matter. It does not matter. And you had Cam Newton with all of these rushing touchdowns, I believe he only had like eight passing touchdowns on the season and really struggled to throw the football. I remember watching a primetime game and I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering against who exactly it was, but he just like could not hit receivers. I know there's been uh, some buzz to the idea that perhaps coronavirus and returning uh, to the team after that whole situation impacted his year. But until you get a better quarterback than the way that Cam Newton looked in 2020, does this signing even matter? I don't know. And you had Jonu Smith with all these receivers on the Titans and his production tapered off. Like what leads you to believe as the number one target? Because that's what he is. Unless Julian Edelman is able to return to the field and be healthy, he's going to be able to put up the production you're looking for and the production that makes him worth this, what is a monumental contract on day one of tampering. And so there is stuff to like about the player. And, and to an extent, I understand why Bill Belichick made this move. But do I love it? I don't love it, right? I just that's just how I feel, and I'm I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible there. So here's the deal for me: I think that there are sometimes fits that are better for certain teams than other teams, right? Like that's a simple concept to get yeah. behind, right? Like certain players sure. will play better for this team or that team, whatever. Um, I think this is an exceptional situation for Janu in that a he has Bill Belichick who is just in general, Bill Belichick, but this is a system in which tight ends have thrived, right? Like you agree, historically, I mean, the reality here is that the Patriots now, like I think people forget that they drafted Devin Asiasi last year. And so now they, I'm not saying like this is Gronk, Aaron Hernandez on the football field 2.0, but they have two very legitimate options now as as far, and and not that, you know, Asiasi is on this level even, but the point is, like, the the skeleton for that plan is there. What's more is you mentioned Cam Newton. I don't know of a quarterback in general, again, who was in more need of a pass-catching threat this offseason, right? Like, starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. It was certainly Cam. I think you agree there. What's more is Cam has thrived with a tight end in the past. You mentioned John, who had eight receiving touchdowns last year. Cam had eight passing touchdowns. So I like the symmetry there. That's eight <laughs> and eight. But it was number 88, Pete. Greg Olson, who retired this offseason, thrived for Cam Newton in Carolina from 2014 through 2016, which was kind of the the peak of the keep pounding moment there uh, with Ron Rivera's Carolina Panthers, at least. Greg Olson had over a thousand yards in each of those three seasons, had six touchdowns in 14, topped out um, in that run, at least with seven touchdowns in 2015, the year they won the NFC, only had three touchdowns in 2016, went to the Pro Bowl all three years. Like my point is that is like if. This is this is the Cam Newton thing. Like like who who was really you know we're, we're over here talking and I think rightfully so about how the Patriots don't have any legitimate receivers. Who did they have at the time in Carolina? You know like that was they had already moved on from Steve Smith, Kelvin Benjamin, who was kind of more of a tight end physically than anybody else really. I mean so like this is this is the Cam Newton special in a lot of ways. 
I don't. I just don't know about uh, Janu Smith. I and I, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not high on him. And I mean, you're looking at a player who, again, made this splash four years for fifty million dollars. I mean, the production never was above 448 yards in Tennessee, and I, I get it. It's it's a more of a running offense with Derrick Henry and the play action and with Ryan Tannehill, and you have another tight end in the roster. I don't compare Janu and Greg Olson. Greg Olson, in his prime to me, was the player you had to watch on the field. You had to know where he is at all times. Janu Smith has had a couple of games like that, right, where, oh, man, all of a sudden, Welcome to the NFL, John o. Smith. And then I, I look for four or five weeks later, I go, what happened to John o. Smith? And so I, I don't know. I just need to see a little bit more consistency. New England is a great place to get that done. So eager to watch this and, and how it, it takes place and develops in, in 2021 with Bill Belichick. A tweet from Warren Sharp, Pete, notes that this is the most that Bill Belichick has ever spent on a pass catcher. Now, it's worth mentioning that some of this is adjusted for inflation. Granted, we are talking about a salary cap that is diminished. Uh, Danny Amendola hauled in $5.7 million per year. Julian Edelman at his peak contractually, $7.8 per year. Gronk averaged 9 per year. So did Randy Moss at one point in time. Wes Welker on the tag received $9.5 million per year. Meanwhile, John U. Smith now at $12.5 million per year. But so the, the point is, and like, I'm not saying that you're saying, oh, Bill Belichick doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But like, right. th- like he's not like all in, but this is a heavy move. This isn't just like, a you know, when, when they have ended up with like would-be player X and everyone's like, oh, watch out. He's going to, you know, really like people used to be like, Andre Johnson's going to go to the, the, the Patriots and ball out. No, right. that was never going to happen. But this, 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 my point is there's a clear like level of calculation behind this. He's a 25-year-old tight end, right? And so... What this move tells us, and I always you know, try to tell fans, like, look at how much investment they're putting and look at the moves they're making. That'll tell you how they really feel. Belichick essentially feels, and this offense feels, like we can get more out of Jonu Smith. I mean, it, I mentioned the 448. This is a deal that leads you to believe, okay, this is a tight end who could have 800 yards and get close to 10 touchdowns like we've seen from some of the uh, these other guys. And we'll see. Is... New England Belichicking itself, or is it wrecking itself? I would lean wrecking itself right now. Uh, three notes from NFL Next Gen Stats, and then I have one from RJ Next Gen Stats. Since 2019, John U. Smith leads all tight ends in yards after the catch, over expected per reception, ahead of George Kittle and ahead of Noah Fant. Travis Kelsey not there. Some people saying he's fallen off. Smith is among the fastest tight ends in the NFL, reaching a top speed of 20.72 miles per hour, the third fastest among the position group since 2019, behind only Darren Waller. Shout out, Pete Sweeney and Evan Ingram. Finally, after losing Gronk, the Patriots used personnel groupings without a tight end at the second highest rate in the NFL over the last two seasons. The NFL Next Gen Stats Twitter account notes that look for the Patriots to increase their usage of two-plus tight end groupings, which they used at a league low 13.7% rate since 2019. Again, the Janu Devanasiasi era is upon us. The last thing I want to say about this, Pete, I would be terrified to be a Tennessee Titans fan right now. Like, that's the worst feeling in the world. Like, because to your point, this is a very clear, we want you at all costs offer from the Patriots. And so Bill Belichick is like moving heaven and earth to get the guy that you're moving on from. That has, and like, for that, that is a a mini rivalry in the AFC. Maybe not even mini, but I mean, you know, that's, I don't know. That I would be really, really, really on edge if I was a Tennessee fan. If you ha- also happen to be a baseball fan, and this is something that I always look at in baseball, 
you are always a little skeptical when a team like the Tampa Bay Rays wants your player, right? Because you know they only have a certain amount of money to spend, and what? Why do they want this guy who has all these strikeouts and his batting average isn't really as where it necessarily needs to be? And so that is what this deal screams to me. It is, oh man, the Tennessee Titans did not get as much as this kid is capable of. So let's let's go get him here. Let's make sure we install him in the offense, give him an offseason to learn and become Cam Newton's guy again to your point. I don't believe in it. Uh and 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 we'll see if I'm if I'm deadly wrong here. I guess pretty quickly into the season. I have a prediction of sorts, not that this uh would mean you're compromising your own beliefs, maybe you would view it as hedging your own bets. I predict, Pete, that when we're having these conversations come August, that you're going to have a lot of shares of John U. Smith in all these leagues that you no, play. And Pete no. is the fantasy man. You, but you no, know, no. you know that John U. is he's going to be so highly valued. You know that, like yeah, that's a and, that's and a it, reality. And it will be to a fault. What we saw last year was a terrible offense. So. I just, you know, if you're a fantasy player, I just would warn fans, like, let's see it again first. Don't get fooled by the Patriot Shield because I I just don't think we're one year away and what we just saw, like, from seeing where they can just rebound and, and get the offense back where it needs to be. I, I think this is a multi-year rebuild, and maybe this is just the first step into that. For what it's worth, the Patriots also landed defensive tackle David Godshow. David, excuse me. Uh, it is a two-year, $16 million deal. The Patriots Twitter account, Pete, just a moment ago, tweeted um, the photo of Bill Belichick's dog um, during mm. the draft last year. Right. Um, and so they're having fun. I mean, what a, what an era, you know, that the Patriots are having fun. Um, but it's time for us to have some fun, namely for Gina Kelly to have some fun. Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers running back, joins us next right here on Monday Football Monday. This is Gina Thomas with the SB Nation NFL Show, and I'm joined today by Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Yep, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, so I'm talking to you today. You're joining us on behalf of USAA. Uh, you do a lot of work with them. It's a wonderful organization. I know that you've connected recently with a U.S. Marine Corps vet named Jonathan. What was that conversation like for you? Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, anytime I, I get to do something with the military and with USA, I, I kind of jump to the opportunity. Um, I have a huge passion for, for all things military and, and our veterans and our active duty military. So for me, uh, I always look forward to these partnerships and I hate calling it a partnership because it's something that for me, uh, you know, I actually really enjoy doing. But, um, I met with Jonathan, who, like you said, he's, he's a Marine veteran. He's actually based in North Carolina. So we got to talk a little bit about that. Um, but we presented with, presented him with, uh, he's one of the five grand prize winners for USA's service sweepstakes. So, um, just being able to do that and, uh, kind of see his reaction and pick his brain a little bit and talk to him, you know, about football, about life. Uh, something that, you know, seemed like he enjoyed and, and I enjoyed as well. Wonderful. And your um, service to our military and our veterans isn't limited just to your work with USAA. You have recently started the Christian McCaffrey Foundation. What inspired you to start your own foundation to give back to your community and specifically to um, underserved children and the military and our veterans? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I grew up, um, obviously, my, my parents always instilled in me um, a, a massive appreciation for the military. And just growing up in Colorado near the Air Force Base, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends who had military fathers and military mothers. Uh, I come from a military family myself. And so for me, um, it's just something that, that I was always uh, attracted to. You know, and I think when you, when you really think about what these men and women do, uh, it's for selfless. And so as somebody who, who plays a game for a living and, and gets paid money to do it, I, I thought that the least I could do was help out the people who, uh, you know, are, are selfless enough to serve our country and the people who allow us to, to play a game. And uh, so for me, I've had so much fun being able to talk to different military members, being able to spend time with them and um, be inspired by them, really. Uh, so for me, it's... Uh, that's really what, what started everything. And I noticed that you have two current initiatives with your foundation. There's 22 and You, which focuses on, you know, frontline workers, and they really need our support now during this coronavirus pandemic. And then you've also teamed up with your teammate, Shaq Thompson, with the 22 Together um, initiative to work with underserved children. Um, I think that that's such important work. I know that you're also working to build trust and relationships between the community and um, law enforcement, which I think is very important. What led you to pursue that specifically? Yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, during this uh, this off season and you know, all the different events that transpired in our country, I you know, ended up talking with my teammate Jack Thompson and we wanted to do something uplifting, uh, something that had something to do with peace and uh, creating unity. And so we thought what better than, than right in Charlotte and, and Mecklenburg County uh, to team up with the Boys and Girls Club and, and the police department and um kind of bring everybody together in a time where it just felt like there was so much division. Um, and I don't think that that's what, what this country's about. So uh, we started 22 together, uh, 22 and 54 together. And uh, we're really excited about that because, you know, growing up, I played three sports, four sports my whole life. And so we thought, what better way to, to unify people than, than sports? So we take, you know, all the uh, inner city, uh, underprivileged kids from the South Mecklenburg County and the police department and, and play sports, baseball, basketball, flag football, whatever it is. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, obviously all things COVID safe to put the ball rolling on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just absolutely love hearing about things like that and talking about these kinds of things. But I'll, you know that I can't have you on the show and not talk to you about football. Um, last year, I'm sure had to be frustrating for you because you dealt with several injuries. How's your recovery going? It's great. You know, I feel 100% healthy, uh, ready to go. I've been training hard and really excited for this next year. I am too. Um, and, you know, obviously last year was your first year under Matt Roll um, as a head coach. Going through a coaching transition during a pandemic had to be quite an experience. Um, how are you feeling now going into Roll's second offseason uh, as you're preparing for the 2021 season? I feel great. I think uh, to an extent, you know, you never want to make excuses, but I think everyone now is much more comfortable with each other. Uh, understand each other, understand the offense. We're not learning the offense through Zoom mm-hmm. or uh, whatever it is that we're on. And, and uh, for me, uh, that's you know it's important. Uh, we know our teammates much better, and which is also important. I'm just praying we have OTAs so that you know we can spend a little bit more time together and get guys together in the off season. I think that's a massive uh, advantage, and it's really important, especially for you know new staffs, new new guys to to come in and. And get together and get reps together and hang out. 
I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, and it is great to start to see a light at the end of the tunnel of the pandemic with vaccinations rolling out and everything. I'm really hoping that you all get to have a much more normal offseason this year. Um, obviously, the draft is coming up, and there's no combine this year, and that kind of changes things for a lot of prospects. What advice would you have for players who are preparing to be drafted right now? Well, I think, um, you know, looking back on, on my experience with the draft, and, and it's very unknown. You know, I know it's a lot of guys, there's, there's a lot of anticipation on where you're going to get drafted and even the combine. You know, what, what am I going to run? Am I going to perform as well? I've been performing in training. Uh, you know, there's so many different pressures and obviously with them with COVID, they actually mean to their advantage. They don't have to go to Indianapolis and sit through the meeting grind and, to, you know, stay up late with, you know, 20 meetings a day with teams and do all these psych tests and this and that. They can just kind of wake up, go out and run, which is a you know, to their advantage, so good for them. But, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I bet, I bet, I'm, I'm interested to see what the times will look like this year. I wonder if there'll be, there'll be, uh, better averages across the board because that, but we'll see. But I think, I think just continue to keep doing what you're doing. You know, uh, no matter if you go in the first round or you're undrafted and you run a 4-2 or you run a 4-6, there's, there's never a door that, that closes if you don't want it to. And I think that's something that I've learned watching a lot of guys. Uh, watching a guy like my older brother, like an inspired guy who, you know, continues to work hard and, uh, he's coaching now, but, but watching his career and my little brother's careers and, uh, continuing to push no matter what happens with diversity, uh, whether you get drafted in the first round or undrafted, it's a, it's a new slate and no one cares when you get there. You know, everybody's good, everybody's big, fast, strong and, and there's always work to put in. I think that's, that's the fun part about football is, is that they'll never be perfect and there's always room to grow. So, um, as long as you approach it like that, you know, like I said, you never let the condition determine your condition and you just go out and have fun playing football as your teammates. Excellent. And um, one last question, because I feel like my husband and I have run through literally everything on Netflix. Is there anything that you're watching, listening to, reading, or playing that we should check out? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think what I recently did is listen to the Matthew McConaughey audiobook. Oh, and I'm not sure if you've done that yet. Nope. But, but don't read it. Listen to it. Because it's him narrating it. And it's essentially, you know, I don't know, like seven or eight hours of him doing Lincoln commercials is what it felt like. <laughs> and it's unbelievable. But it's, it's actually very inspiring. And, and I'm, I'm going to listen to it again. But um, it's kind of his, his biography of himself. And so I'm, I, uh, I would highly recommend that joke society. It's, it's a pretty amazing book. We'll be back after a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Big thanks to Christian McCaffrey for taking the time to join us. Big thanks to Gina Kelly for, of course, being wonderful throughout that entire interview. Big thanks to Jonu Smith for being the bane of Pete Sweeney's existence, it would seem. Pete, man, you are just... I didn't I come mean, on this podcast. I can't get over that. Goodness. I didn't, I didn't come on this podcast ready to tick Patriots fans off. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And maybe I'll be dead wrong. And I hope, you know, right, look, the Patriots have had a lot of fun. Patriots fans have gotten to celebrate a lot of titles. I hope I'm wrong here. Maybe he goes to New England and balls out. We'll see. Um, I, um, I'm excited to see this experiment play itself out. Um, but I'm excited to talk about the Carolina Panthers because this is the year, right? Like Matt Rule, you got the you got the one year, the red shirt year to to stay in his collegiate world, so to speak. But now you moved on from Cam. Ron Rivera went and had success elsewhere, albeit with a lot of help from around the division. You are seemingly all in on quarterback X. We still don't know who that is ultimately going to be. If it's Deshaun Watson, then the expectations really change. Uh, you've obviously got Christian McCaffrey, unless something happened there. Some people float out ideas involving him. But the Carolina Panthers, Pete, uh, well, they've got some new offensive linemen. Uh, one of them, Pat Elfline, they are signing to a three-year deal worth uh, $13.5 million. I don't think either of us have any, you know, dramatic takes on this. Good for Carolina stocking up the trenches. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have anything one way or another. It just seems like one of those deals that they're just trying to stock up on on depth at that position. So the other deal, um, and this uh, allows me to um, jump on my Cowboys soapbox a little bit here. I am thrilled about this as a Dallas Mm -hmm. Cowboys fan. Last week, the NFL announced compensatory picks. The Dallas Cowboys had the most in the NFL, picking up one in rounds three through six, respectively. Uh, They did pick up a top 100 pick, by the way. But the Carolina Panthers, and actually, when the Cowboys signed this player, Pete, you and I had some conversations, and you were not too high on him. They are reportedly working on a two-year, $10 million deal with Cam Irving, who was the Cowboys' swing tackle last year. Uh, his season began with an MCL sprain. Um, after five starts, ended with an MCL sprain to his other leg, other knee, I should say. Um, I just, I mean, I can't believe this. But my point is, like, this this looks like a compensatory pick for the Dallas Cowboys in 2022. Yeah, it, it certainly does, and, and you should be happy about that. I remember, RJ, when Cam Irving decided to join the Cowboys and they came to that agreement, you um, decided to get me onto what was the Blogging the Boys podcast channel, and I said, look... What do you mean what was? It still exists and it's still awesome. Like, it didn't go away. Look, uh, look... <laughs> Pete, come on here. Uh, what what do you make of Cam Irving? And I, I I said straight out to you, I said, he is not a starting offensive lineman in the National Football League. And it gave you some pause. And then you got to see firsthand that Cam Irving is not a starter in the off in in the National Football League along the offensive line. And so what I'll say is this good for him that he keeps getting teams to buy into him. He is a good depth piece and he can probably fill a position for one to two games. That is it. You do not want Cam Irving to be playing more than two games a year, if necessary, for uh, what is your football team. So uh, while I do not have a take on on that first deal that Carolina made, I, I don't love this second decision for sure. 
ESPN Seth Walder tweeted out, while you were talking, Pete, so you kind of manifested this into existence, Cam Irving recorded an 83% pass block win rate at tackle since the start of 2019, which would have ranked, guess what, out of 75 players had he qualified? How many? Guess. I want you to guess. 75. No, nah, not that bad. Although he was actually number 75 for the Cowboys, I think for the Chiefs too. Yes. Uh, but it, w- it would have ranked 61st. So you're paying this guy $10 million over the course of two years. It would have ranked 43rd out of 75 in run block win rate in the same span. So on aggregate, you're paying for like the 50th best blocker. Um, <laughs> I mean, save again, the, had he qualified. Know, save, save the cap space. And if you need to draft somebody, it'll be a better option. I'm telling you, I you could, I don't, again, I'm not a draft neck, right? Someone on day three to me would have more upside than this particular player. Good for him for making the money, but just just not not my offensive lineman, as they say. What's your favorite move at the moment? Um, again, Pete and I, because we are so gracious, Pete really because he's handsome and debonair, uh, we waited to record this until the window had opened. I feel like you mentioned a little while ago um, when we were talking about you know uh, DMs being open. You wouldn't leave your your door unlocked. I feel like right now we're out on the patio having some teas or some lemonades. You know what I mean? That's right. what the the window we're feeling the breeze. Um, so so far it is rumor is season. Fa- it is rumor right? season. So we're sipping the NFL tea, so to speak. Um, my favorite move so far has to be Shaq Barrett back to the Buccaneers. I just think that is a brilliant deal. Four years, seventy-two million. To me, again, the MVP of the Super Bowl. If you go to the last Super Bowl, I don't think Patrick Mahomes should have won MVP there either. Probably should have been Damian Williams, who had an outstanding game, but just always goes to what is the quarterback. So Shaq Barrett is my MVP in the Super Bowl. And again, this is from the outside looking in and getting to cover that game and watch Barrett from afar. Uh, again, from the from the Chiefs beat, it truly seems like he is a player who. If you pay, you don't have to worry about his lack of motivation. I I think there's a reason that people say that uh, contract years are undefeated, and that's because there's the ultimate motivation in in getting paid. But just the way that I see Barrett's makeup, it's that he has some of this like intrinsic motivation where he wants to be great and he wants to be a champion. It seems like he has a really good rapport with Tom Brady, who probably is the ultimate version of that, where it doesn't really matter when it comes to money. He just wants to be the best ever. And just because Barrett now is a very rich player after signing this contract, I don't expect the motivation to really taper off at all. And to me, he's a leader of that defense. And now he gets to be a part of what is this effort to try to go and do it again in back-to-back years. What if Tom Brady, two decades apart, uh, is like the first player to repeat again. And I think Barrett wants to be a part of that. And and you're seeing the Bucks really, I think, do a nice job in, as they're saying, bringing the band back together. And it's going to be a very, very interesting storyline to follow in the NFL. I think that's well said. Um, I don't have a large explanation on my favorite so far because I've already given it, but John U. Smith, I'm pumped mm. for this because i i want the the patriots back i want that you know mm-hmm. it felt like we you know we missed a main character last season and so i i'm right. i'm excited for that and i'm excited for this to like play out hopefully and then have the like narrative of like there he goes again like that'd be a lot of fun yeah i i i'll tell you i mean 
as a Cowboys fan, I, I'm not surprised. Do you like this deal of overpaying, you know, an unproven guy or, or somebody uh, way too much money um, because um, you got him at the wrong time? And so completely, completely understand where, where you're coming from there. I do want to add, um, this is my like pre favorite thing. So Mm -hmm. this, this is merely a rumor at the time. Benjamin Albright does a great job covering the NFL nationally and, and certainly, uh, well plugged in on the Broncos beat. Uh, I tweeted that Washington is looking to have a true quarterback competition. They'll add one more. Wouldn't be surprised if Trubisky gets a second act (laughs) there. Um, what is Washington doing? They say <laughs> goodbye to Alex Smith. The only reason that they were able to win a division last year, I know we disagree with that, RJ. I don't care. He was 5-1, and one, and the reason that they were able to win that division, and I understand he's got this leg issue, and you don't know if he is one play away from being re-injured, yada, yada. But you say goodbye to Alex Smith, and now he is out there, and I, I tend to think he'll end up in Chicago. Remains to be seen. Mitch Trubisky, why not just keep Alex Smith? I don't. Look, I get I'm you know, what's really tough for me. And I, I want to just state this. I've come on this podcast now and almost committed blasphemy by not agreeing with the Bill Belichick move. And now I'm not agreeing with the Ron Rivera move. But I just don't understand, RJ. I just don't get what is going on today in the NFL. So, again, it's about 1250 p.m. Central Standard Time when we're having this conversation for the purposes of these rumors. Um, I agree that I don't understand, but you mentioned Chicago. Um, ESPN reported that the Cowboys um, would be be interested in Andy Dalton returning to them if the money's right. Whoa, big shocker. Um, But um, I saw a tweet that uh, Ian Rappaport said on NFL Network that the Bears have some interest in Andy Dalton, which would be the ultimate Bears move when you consider that they could have signed him outright last year Instead of trading for Nick Foles, being in the disaster that they were, and 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 that's the other thing. Like you, you mentioned, being a Cowboys fan, it would be awesome for me if ultimately, you know, all of this is. Uh, I mean, Cam Irving ends up in Carolina, give me a comp pick next year. Andy Dalton ends up in Chicago, give me a comp pick next year. And Washington, the reigning division champions, answer to the quarterback issue that they have there is to sign Mitchell Trubisky if that ultimately comes to pass like what an offseason besides locking up Dak Prescott long term just hard to believe that the NFC East is going to be all that competitive once again I know we just got out of a year where like was the worst division in history with the winner and everything and I I would tend to think it I mean, it seems like with a healthy Dak Prescott, the Cowboys should win the division at nine and seven. Like, again, we are so early into it. it just, we got the draft. We got free agency to play out. And I mean, just an, a way too early prediction. It, it seems like you guys will be in good shape there. And then quickly on the Chicago Bears, I think Pace and Nagy, they don't have a lot of time left here. And they really need to make the playoffs this year. And I know that that is a super tall task. I made it last year. I, I'm telling you, though, I just from the outside looking in on Chicago, that isn't necessarily uh, good enough. And so I, I think they need to see some more success this year. And I don't know if Andy Dalton is the quarterback <laughs> to get that done either. I'm just thinking out loud here. I agree. I want to see Russell Wilson in Chicago. Um, my dog who barked before we started recording, his name is Bear. He he needs some pride. You know what I mean? Put some respect back on on his name. Um, Pete, your Syracuse cap is the, is the colors of obviously the Chicago Bears franchise. So um, and to that point, I mean, Pace and Nagy, the, the Russell trade is the like pure and total act of a desperate 
brain trust of a front office, a la, you know, anything Bill O'Brien did near the end in Houston, but, right? Yeah, yeah, but like, and, and, and you mentioned like the playoffs, right? The Bears and that franchise and that history, to me, it's almost like, a, you know, a New York Giants light where you can only go for so long of even like, even if you're just making wild card games or something, uh, it, it's just not, they're going to, they want to see some kind of uh, potential to be a champion. And, and that game against New Orleans Saints was not that typical Bears history. You know, we are the Bears. And so it starts with the quarterback. And that goes me back, back to my first point. Like, maybe I'd be a lot more excited about Johnny Smith if Tom Brady was still in New England. <laughs> Until the Bears have a quarterback that, you know, you feel would maybe have a, a chance to win a championship. To me, and I know I'm especially high in Alex Smith. Alex is more of that guy than would be an Andy Dalton. Um, you need to get that guy in place. And yeah, Wilson to the Bears would certainly make Chicago and a, a more interesting team. And really the NFL more interesting. I think when the Bears are good, it's really good for the NFL. Well, let's uh, let's hope for some more fireworks. Whatever happens, we will have you covered. Of course, you're on the SB Nation NFL show. Pete will have you covered everywhere. His DMs aren't open yet, but maybe they'll be open uh, at some point between now and the near future. Pete, it's always a pleasure. It, it was a guess, as they say. I think that's a saying, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if it's not, then it is now. Uh, this was Monday Football Monday. Don't worry if you don't get a chance to listen on Tuesday. I, they're still doing that show, right, Pete, on Tuesday? I, I don't yeah. even know. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea. Mm. All I know is the next time that it is most important for you to listen is Wednesday's episode of The Daily, where you will hear Pete Sweeney's beautiful baritone voice. Everybody, have a great day. Happy free agency season. We love you all. Keep calm and tamper on. <laughs>